Hello there and welcome to the Ask Time Film Podcast, where we talk film, TV, games and all that jazz that there's no tomorrow. This week we're talking about Obi-Wan Kenobi. My name is Tom and as always I'm joined by my co-host John. General Kenobi! You are a bold hey, one. Hey, I'm doing great. Just cannot wait to talk about Kenobi. Very yes. exciting, very yes. exciting. Yes, yes, me too. So, Kenobi, briefly explain the plot for those who don't know. <clears throat> the Jedi Master contends with the consequences of his greatest defeat. The downfall and corruption is a one-time friend and apprentice, Anakin Skywalker, who turned to the dark side as evil Sith Lord Darth Vader. Okay, so full spoilers for the show. If you haven't seen it, give it a watch. I liked it a lot. What did you think? I loved it. It was great. Story-wise and great cast as well. And then there was so many emotions in this. Uh, Emotions were riding high. Yeah, I mean, like, I think... So, I, I mean, it's somewhat controversial, really. You've got, like, definitely different sides that I'm seeing on the internet. There's a side of people who are really loving it and a side of people who don't like it at all. And I think there's definitely something to be said about both sides of the argument. I literally just watched yeah. a video, which was, like, 20 minutes of somebody just saying why they didn't like it. And I get it, I do, but I, I really enjoyed it, man. I think there's so much to chew on here in terms of the story. I think there's so much that they kind of expanded upon. This makes A New Hope a different experience. They have added a lot of layers into the story to the point where I think that this is essential viewing, you know, for like the main saga. Yes, and I think it's a great bridge to A New Hope. There's a lot more emotions and character development as well. Like there's more interaction with like Obi-Wan and Leia and, you know, how that, is going to be used in A New Hope. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it was... There were there were rumours before the show came out that they were going to do Young Leia. And I remember seeing them and being like, that's a terrible idea. How do they do that? And, like, genuinely, I thought that she was such a good part of the show. Vivian Lyra Blair. Like, what an actor. She's so young and she did, like, an amazing job. She really yeah. embodied, you know, the feistiness and the sarcasm of Leia. I thought that all of her scenes were so well done. And, you know, the, the fact that she is, you know, the point, the kind of linchpin that brings Obi-Wan back, you know, brings him back to his connection to the four with the light side you know she is the catalyst that you know makes him you know this show is about him healing his connection with the force and and she brings him that hope you know very very literally she is you know the new hope that he needs i mean what did you think about her in the show it was very strange but she was great the actress like very talented and it was strange because she has that very embodiment of like carrie fisher you know i mean like Mm. like everything that leia was like and it was quite emotional but like you know what she was like, because it's a new hope. It's like a catalyst for, you know, everyone to help Leia and Luke in that film. And it's great. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I mean, I think, I think you're right. I mean, if Carrie Fisher was alive, I'm sure she would be loving it. Like, I think the actor did such a, such a good job. And in that first episode, when we cut to Alderaan, I mean, it's great to see Alderaan as well. Like Alderaan, like from before this we literally had like a couple of shots in Avenger of the Sith and then it blows up in A New Hope but here we get oh, to explore no. it a little bit we get to see the kind of society that you know that Leia lives in and we don't get to see the full planet but we get to see a lot more of it visually we get to explore Bale and Brehar Organa so cool I, what I love so much in the first episode is Bale Organa what a guy Jimmy Smith's I love him so much. It was so good to see him. Mm. And what I loved is the, the questions that he poses to Obi-Wan. Obi-Wan is a wreck at the beginning of this show. He doesn't want yes. anything to do with anyone. And he hides behind his mission. He hides behind, 
you know, I need to save the boy. And, 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 and Bale says so bluntly, this isn't about the boy and you know it, you're hiding behind this. Leia is just as important and you don't have the guts, you know, you are so broken and you're not going to go out there to save her. And I feel like the journey in that first episode that brings Obi-Wan out of hiding is so, so well done. Yeah, and the first episode, like, there's so many emotions. I'm, emotion is going to be, like, no, number one word I'm going to keep saying, but it's really heartbreaking to see Kenobi as a wreck. He tries to hide away from the Empire, and he does not help other people, and he's completely lost hope. And the really sad bit was when he had a nightmare or, like, oh, a flashback yeah. to, like, Anakin dying and then to all the students or Order 66. And he wakes up and then he tries to talk to Qui-Gon and, man, he wasn't there. That sets up the idea of, like, Kenobi's arc for the show. How he's going to, you know, redeem himself and how he's going to be back on the path of the Jedi. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I think that get it in in, in quite a few episodes, you know, Obi-Wan, he tries to talk to Qui-Gon, you know, he tries to kind of get him to help him. He is, you know, he is kind of falling back on what he knows to try and, you know, like help him feel better. But what he has to do eventually is, you know, Qui-Gon isn't the person who, who takes him out of it. He has to do that himself. And as I said, through Leia and all the different people he meets, he, he finds that hope and he finds that connection to the Force. And obviously Qui-Gon is then in it at the end. And what I loved so much about that is, obviously, we all want to see Qui-Gon through the whole show. Like, obviously <laughs> we do. But what I loved about it is he comes in and he's just like, I was always here, but you just couldn't see me. You know, like he's healed his connection to the force. And, you know, finally he can now like, he can move forward without the baggage. I mean, you think about where Obi-Wan is mentally at the end of Revenge of the Sith and then where he is in A New Hope. In A New Hope, he's so like happy. It's as if it's as if the prequels never happened, but here we see that, no, he was weighed down by the guilt of that so much. And there are some really great moments, like in episode five, when Reva is talking to Obi-Wan from behind the door and she says, where were you? You know, you, like, your literal Padawan killed us all. And where are you? What were you doing? And obviously Obi-Wan had his own problems, but, you know, we see that that guilt weighs on him. You know, she even says like, would you really kill Anakin? And he doesn't even know. And when he comes to it, you know, when in that final episode, when he sees Anakin's face beneath the Vader's helmet, he just breaks down and he, he just says, I'm sorry. You know, like th that's like all he can do. And Anakin's like, I don't need your pity. You didn't do this. Or Vader, should I say, says, I killed Anakin. And Obi-Wan in that moment realizes there's nothing he could have done. This is, this is an almost an inevitability about it. Obi-Wan, he lets go of that grief. And, you know, it, it's through that that, you know, Qui-Gon comes back and is like, now you're ready. Now that you've fully realized, you know, that, that this, that is almost the Jedi way, not the Jedi way of the prequels, but the, the, the true Jedi way is, you know, to regain that hope and, and, you know, use it to help people, you know, and, and, and move beyond your mistakes of the past. Yeah. And that's a fantastic arc for Kenobi, like what he's been through and then he tries to regain with the force. And I completely agree, like when he broke down, when he was like, I'm sorry, Anakin. And then Darth Vader says, he was like, Anakin is no more. I don't know the full quote, but it was like very heartbreaking. And then the other thing that was reinforcing that depressing vibe was the voice changer, like it was changing to yes. Anakin and then Darth Vader's voice. And it was like, oh my God know how much grief has you know engulfed kenobi throughout and then he finally lets that go and he says i'm sorry and then mm. wow yeah wow. and in those final moments he accepts it and he, he calls him darth because he realizes 
this Anakin is no more. You know, there's nothing that yeah. I, there's nothing that I could do, nothing that I could have done. You know, like he has turned and it's too late. And you know, there's no point in me dwelling on that. And I love that it's very similar to something that happens in Rebels in season two, but we have so much more time to kind of, you know, sit with that. And obviously this show it brought back Hayden Christensen. I do think the marketing, my God, the marketing really did it dirty. It made it seem that he was going to be in it a lot more than he was, but he was used well in the time that he was given. Like obviously. Uh, same with Qui-Gon, we all wanted more of Anakin, we all wanted more of Hayden Christensen, but the moments that he was in had such an impact. At the end of episode two, when Obi-Wan finds out about Anakin, and literally he, he just whispers his name, and then we just smash cut to Vader's eyes opening in the back to tank. Beautiful, absolutely incredible, spine chilling. The fact that we had to wait like five days after that, I mean, I was, I couldn't, I was like, what? what? <laughs> like, amazing so well done and the flashbacks in episode five and as we oh. said like the ending just really really well done oh that episode was amazing like the flashbacks are used so well seeing the end game from anakin's point of view and then everyone's point of view it's like a game of chess you know like how are they gonna defeat one another and then the episodes conclude very well with the flashback saying something about mercy and then that sets the whole idea for the other rest of the characters like mercy is like the whole idea for the jedi and is thing for reva's character you know like mercy and she doesn't kill luke I want to come back to Reva, but I do think that, yeah, that flashback, we didn't need, obviously, again, everybody wanted there to be flashbacks the whole time. I wanted that, you wanted that, we all wanted it. But it was so clever to just have that flashbacks in that one episode because it tells us so much about the characters. It shows, like, very plainly and simply that Anakin, Vader, he has not changed. You know, Vader's whole time, he still thinks he can win by this brute force. But Obi-Wan, as he says in in A New Hope, there are alternatives to fighting. There are other ways to fight. What you're saying with Mercy, Mercy can defeat the enemy. The way that, like, Obi-Wan knows how Vader will, will work, you know, exactly, and plays to that. And at the end, he doesn't strike him down when Vader is very much at Obi-Wan's mercy. But again, Obi-Wan shows... You know, he doesn't kill him. He just leaves him because he knows that killing him won't do any anyone any favors apart from the wider galaxy because Vader's a tyrannical genocidal maniac. But seriously, like he just leaves him. And I feel like we get that kind of, you know, as you said, let's talk about Reva with that at the end. She realizes that there is a, you know, there is no point in all the anger and she lets it go. And, you know, wherever we see Reva next, whether she gets her own TV show or whether, you know, whether she's in Andor or anything like that, you know, Reva's arc, I think, was another really strong point of the show. And before we move on any further, the people who were giving Moses Ingram so much hate was disgusting and horrible and she was incredible in the role and she was so awesome and i feel like the racism in the star wars fandom it shouldn't be there at all and the fact that it's happening again and again like it's just disgusting people really need to stop yeah and there was a great video of Hugh McGregor talking about this, talking mm. about Reva. She's she is an excellent actress, and yeah, and she does not deserve all the hate. Don't be like that. Just don't be racist. Be kind to one another. Like this is an actress, yeah. and, and it's disgusting. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Like Star Wars is all about acceptance and you know fighting evil. That's the kind of thing that Star Wars fans the good Star Wars fans should not tolerate. And those who are perpetuating this hatred, you really have no place here. But let's talk about Reaver. I mean, like, what did you think of her arc throughout the show? 
Yeah, I agree with you. It's very strong. Like from the very start, you can definitely tell that she she doesn't want to serve the Grand Inquisitor. Great character, by the way. Grand oh Inquisitor. my god, the Grand Inquisitor. Oh yeah. boy, we'll we'll talk about him in a bit. But oh yeah, man. yeah, we'll talk about him. <laughs> Great line from him, though. Anyways, yeah. And Raver, she's been through a lot. Like everything from the start of Order sixty six. That has been like a drive for her to like kill Anakin. But then with Darth Vader, she's like using all that hatred and using on that to like express how she feels. And and she tries to be merciful at the end. She tries to work with Kenobi, but she rejects because she felt betrayed in Order 66. And there, there was a great opening shot for it in episode one. It shows yeah. Order 66 and it was a great one take. Yeah, I think it was a one take, yeah. It was and a one take, absolutely. Yeah, and it, it was great. And it definitely showed us the horrors of Order 66. And she has this arc and I thought it was great. Yeah, I mean, I think that it's a, a really interesting perspective. Like, you know, we're following a youngling who, you know, because of everything that went down in Order 66, they've had nowhere left to go but be consumed by their fear and anger. Yoda says it in The Empire Strikes Back. The dark side isn't stronger, but of course it's easier. It's so easy just to fall back into your anger. And that's the, that's the whole thing of Star Wars, right? Like, you know, being able yeah. to move beyond that and, you know, be stronger by being better, by being good. And I think that Reva you know she just perpetuates that whole notion because she has fallen so hard you know like she wants to rise up the ranks so she can you know hunt vader and eventually kill him and you know you see that there's so much torment you know within her you know because she feels so betrayed by everyone she feels the only way is to get vengeance to get justice her own twisted version of justice and what i love so much about that is she tries to defeat vader and there's that amazing scene where she fights vader and oh she doesn't even come close. He is just batting her around. He doesn't even get how it is lightsaber. He literally just, he even uses hers. And like, he slows down the, the Inquisitor blade as it spins and he stabs her. And in that moment, she's that child again. He even calls her youngling. And in the final act of revenge, this revenge that keeps her alive, even after this grievous injury, the anger that kept her alive the first time is keeping her alive again. And she literally, you know, she uses it. She tries to kill Luke. It, it doesn't matter that we didn't, that we know that Luke won't die. But genuinely, for her character, the fact that she chooses not to, and she cries to everyone. And she says, "Am I just like him?" And he's like, "No, you're not, because you came back. You know that the right thing to do." And finally, they didn't redeem a dark side character and then kill them off straight away. We've seen it so many times with Vader, with Kylo Ren, with Ventress, and it's so good that whatever they do with her next. She gets to now atone for these actions and, you know, there are opportunities to explore her further down the line. But yeah, just again, just really solid character work, I thought. Yeah, and I really like that. Should we get on to Grand Inquisitor? Hello, third sister. The Wait, Jedi what? Code is like an itch. I love him. Um, I love him so much. I, I, I got a question about that, about Go like on. third and fifth oh, yes. brothers and sisters. What's, what's yeah. the deal with that? I don't know. <laughs> Nobody oh. knows, but I think, so we know of a 10th brother. I think that what it is, is the Grand Inquisitor is the first one. And then after that, we count up, but it's brothers and sisters. So we got the second. So the Grand Inquisitor is number one. And then I, and th again, this is speculation. So, you know, it, people, people watching 
please don't take this as gospel. This is just (laughs) my own like headcanon over here. But I think Grand Inquisitor's one. And then Second Sister, who is in Jedi Fallen Order, that's two. And then Third Sister, Fourth Sister, and then Fifth Brother. And then I don't know who's next. And then Sixth Brother or Sister. And then Seventh Sister eighth brother ninth sister and then tenth brother i think that's how it goes but there might be crossovers i'm not sure but the point is they're all fallen jedi who now serve in the ranks of the inquisitors they're in fallen order they're in rebels they're in kenobi i do have to say in this show obviously we have reva the third sister we also have the grand inquisitor we also have the fifth brother and the fourth sister i don't really know why they're they're here you know they don't do anything really the fifth brother has a little bit to do but it's not that interesting i kind of feel like the show could have maybe utilized them a little bit better in episode four we go to the fortress inquisitorius straight from fallen order any fallen order fans that was a great episode for us just great to see all these different like you know things from the show and you know appropriated in different ways but why didn't we have them encounter kenobi that could have been fun that could have been cool i don't really know why they didn't do that but they should have yeah, but Grand Inquisitor, that was great. Oh, that guy. Ah, revenge does wonders for the will of living. Uh, great line. <laughs> I love him. I love it. Honestly, yeah. those who have watched Rebels will know that Grand Inquisitor looks very different. And when we saw him in the trailer, we were all like, what is that? Who are you? This is wrong. And I, Rupert Friend, so much respect. What a guy. The, his performance made me turn around on that. And now I love him so much and I can appreciate both versions of the Grand Inquisitor. But oh my God, he's he's brilliant. He's so good. Every line. Third sister, I can stand your incompetence no longer. Like, brilliant. And and the whole way that he works into Reva's arc as well is so cool. Oh my God. And it was great for like him just antagonizing Reva. So as you said, mm. it's a great step for the character arc. He's this, like, top guy for Vader. Just like, oh, yes, the, the third sister. He's trying to get his place. Like, She's a maverick. To... Oh, my God. Oh, my God. It could be Top Gun. Whoa. Whoa. Like, there's a growing competition between, like, Raver and Grand Inquisitor. Just like, no, I want to be next in line for Vader. No, no, no. It's great. It's great. It's just cool when you get things from animation and video games and they put them into live action. That's just fun at the end of the day. Yeah. Oh, the score. Oh, yeah. Ooh-hoo. The score. Ooh-hoo. I got uh, I got things to say about the score. Good things? Bad things? Both. Uh, I might be an idiot for asking this, but was Jewel the Fates playing? No. Uh, no. Because no. I thought my brain at the same time, I, I thought my brain was saying, it's Jewel the Fates. No, it can't be. It's There's going to be more people singing. But no, it was just an off version it was similar in you're talking about the final fight with vader and obi-wan right yeah so first of all the the score is done by natalie holt who did loki and we also have an obi-wan theme done by john williams and i think that the main theme of the show is really cool and there's a lot of very nice compositions done by natalie holt but the music in the show for some reason is very very adverse to having any classic themes and there's a moment in the final episode there's a couple of them actually so Vader speaks to Palpatine at the end. You kind of get the, the ending of Vader's arc where mm-hmm. he's still hell-bent on getting Kenobi and Palpatine just says, this is a bit of a weakness for you. And Vader, and you know, Vader realizes, oh no, well, we can't have that. And, you know, he kind of lets it go. 
and you know Palpatine knows that he's got Vader in the palm of his hand he can do whatever he wants a bit love that but we pan out and they play the Imperial March it's the only time they play the Imperial March in the show now uh, the, the yeah. show <laughs> that's right that's 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 the Imperial uh, March um <laughs> But it feels like what the composer is doing is kind of saying like, ah, Vader has now earned the Imperial March. Like, he, you know, his arc is complete and now we play the Imperial March. But this, that doesn't make any sense because the Imperial March was all over the prequels. Why just now are you playing it? it same thing with Leia's theme. In the final scene with Leia, and hey, I think Leia's theme is, is the most beautiful piece in all of Star Wars and it makes me so sad every time like to the point where like i just felt like i was gonna cry when i heard it when everyone kneels down and he says princess leia organa you are this and this and you got this from your mother but you're also this and this and you got this from your father and they are two of the best people i've ever known and it's and they play the the leia theme and again it's like this is princess leia now leia has earned the leia theme but but they played the leia theme at the end of revenge of the sith it's weird. It's just weird. I wasn't a huge fan of that. I think the, the music could definitely have a bit of pizzazz. But on the subject of Duel of the Fates, I'm going to talk about why that's a bit weird. So they played Duel of the Fates in the trailer. Uh, yeah. Obviously, everyone everyone remembers. It was great. Yeah. But they didn't play it in the movie. This is a second. They did this the same thing with Rise of Skywalker. They put Duel of the Fates in the trailer and it wasn't in the movie. Now, I think that genuinely... It shouldn't be in the show because in the prequels, Jewel of the Fates plays in every single film. And each time it symbolizes a moment where Anakin's fate is in the balance. In episode one, it plays during the fight at the end because this is the fate of who is going to train Anakin. If Qui-Gon trains Anakin, Anakin's fate will go a lot better than Obi-Wan training Anakin. Obviously, Qui-Gon dies and Obi-Wan becomes the person to do it. In episode two, Anakin goes to find his mother and Duel of the Fates plays again. Because if Anakin's mum dies, his fate becomes even darker. And obviously, she just died. And that's a big moment for him becoming more into the dark side. And then finally, in episode three, they play Duel of the Fates one more time during the Anakin-Obi-Wan-Sidious-Yoda fight to show the... This is the final stage. If Obi-Wan or Yoda fail, then Anakin has fallen for good. And I think that it doesn't work thematically in this show because Anakin's already fallen. He proves again and again there's nothing left for him to grasp. Obi-Wan even sees and he thinks to himself, oh my God, Anakin. But Vader proves, no, 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 no. Anakin's dead. I killed him. The only person who can bring him back is Luke or Leia. And I don't think that therefore it should have been played. And I'm happy they didn't play it actually. They should have played Battle of Heroes instead. Yes. There was a long discussion. I was just like trying to catch I'm sorry. up. I'm sorry. I've got so much. I've got so much Star Wars inside of me. I could genuinely okay. do this forever. Okay. I'll talk going back to like that score with like Leia and everyone talking about her parents. And yeah. before that, there was a joke that that Leia said, like, you should get more sleep. And that laugh mm-hmm. that everyone did, that was just wholesome. Just like seeing It was seeing very him. wholesome, wasn't it? Yeah, you don't get to hear like Obi-Wan smiling or laughing. And that moment, that moment was like, you know, sparking for the idea of hope. Mm. That hope was beginning back into Star Wars at that time. Yeah. So, absolutely. Yeah. Princess Leia, she is the beacon of hope in Star Wars. She's the best. There are so many great moments in Star Wars that I associate with her. But the final thing that I want to talk about is the way the show looks. Ah, uh, yeah. It doesn't look very good. <laughs> there was a lot of very awkward shots. 
absolutely. This show is a TV budget and it shows, man. Like, the, there's a lot of shaky cam, which really does a disservice shaky. to the action because there's a lot of good, yeah, proper like Jason Bourne levels. And there's a lot of good action, a lot of some really good choreography and some really nice stuff, some good callbacks, you know, just some really good, but it's not shot with the same pizzazz it's not given the same gravitas that the prequels especially gave it the locations are really boring they're all deserts and just barren wastelands the most interesting one is in episode two but obviously this is one episode they really don't do anything with the locations you know you think about the last time that obi-wan and anakin fought it was on mustafa there was lava everywhere it was a place that was infested with anger and this time they fight with some rocks cool you know the lighting was so strange like they had just the lightsabers be the only source of light it doesn't work um and i just feel like for a show that brings back ewan mcgregor who does an amazing job it brings back hayden christensen who does an amazing job it gives us a young leia amazing it gives us so many different things so many different incredible stories and i think the writing in the show is amazing but i think it's really let down by the way that it's shot because that has a knock-on effect to the action. And it, and I just don't think it's ultimately very impactful. And it could have been a lot more impactful if those elements were properly done right. Yeah, there was a lot of very awkward shots. But anyway, we got some good action at the fight between Vader and Obi-Wan. That was great. I really liked that. Yeah. yeah. Right. What are you going to give Obi-Wan Kenobi out of 10? Eight. I agree. A solid eight. I'm happy. I really am. I think it's exactly in terms of the writing. It's it's what it had. It's what it needed to be. You know, like yeah. It's not it's not perfect, but I'm I'm satisfied. Yeah, great show. Watch it. Recommend it. And to the people who didn't like it, I have to say, give it a second watch. Every week, I talked about this a little bit last week, but every week with an episode, I'd watch it once and be like, yeah, that was okay. And then watch it a second time. And with my expectations removed, I liked it a lot more. And I could really focus on, on the character moments. And the episodes, they go quicker when you watch it a second time. I can't explain it, but it, it's, it's true. Um, and then I watched it a third time each week. I've watched every episode apart from the finale three times. And the third time is where it all clicks into place and I get what they're going for. I get what they're getting at. And it's not perfect, but I think it's a lot better. And I think, you know, a lot of people didn't like it. Give it a second shot. If you still don't like it, fine but i hope that listening to us talk about it you can find something better that you liked about it find something new every time you watch it there you go absolutely kenobi done tick it's over we'll see you for andor in many months thank you everyone for listening if you enjoyed it give it a a big like and subscribe if you want to see more we've done other star wars content we did book of boba fett we did mandalorian season two bad batch I wish we could do more Star Wars content, but frankly, oh God. there's a lot of stuff that we do. Um, and comment <laughs> below. Tell us what your thoughts are. Or give us an email at asktimefilmpod at gmail.com. Tell us what your thoughts. Ask us some questions about anything. You know, tell us why we're wrong. Or just, like, give us, like, some regular Star Wars questions. And we will answer them <laughs> right here on the podcast. And you can follow us on Twitter or Instagram at asktimefilmpod. There's a lot of me on Twitter being like, actually, Kenobi's better than people say. Actually, <laughs> um, but you know. That, yeah. but that's me. I'm that guy. Yeah. Uh, people uh, probably hate me. Well, <laughs> anyway, uh, <laughs> uh, I see. Oh no! Oh no! You <laughs> found out. Uh, thank you for listening. <laughs> we thoroughly enjoyed Kenobi. Do watch it. It's great. If you want to yeah. get into Star Wars content or something like that, it's been a pleasure. Be good and be kind. Absolutely. Uh, and next week we're doing Thor: Love and Thunder. Yay! <laughs>
<laughs> oh god. Yeah. Door of the Thunder. Oh boy. Great. Take what you give in. Give nothing back. Goodbye. Goodbye.